What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. We're trying to come back to reality this week <laughs> after just what was a really awesome interview with Justin Burris. We, ha- we cannot thank him enough for the time he spent talking with us and the conversation we got to have. It was just the coolest thing. And we also appreciate all of y'all that sent in questions because he loved to know that those questions were coming from other fans like us. That was really awesome. So y'all pulled the weight as well. And it was really cool. If you haven't listened to it yet, we talk about way more than probably was necessary. His time at NC state, his favorite restaurants in Raleigh, you know, being in Charlotte and all that kind of stuff. It was just a really fun time to talk about that kind of stuff. So if you haven't yet, there's the YouTube video, there's the podcast, there's all different ways you can watch it. And of course, all of this is going up on our Instagram. So feel free to drop us a follow and a like, if you don't already him as well, because he's got a lot of stuff going on there and it was just, you know, a really awesome thing. So we're going to try to bring some more of that stuff to y'all if we can in the future, trying to move on, you know, it is April and while it seems like it's still a month and a half away, the draft is on the way. So a resident, a resident Mel Kuyper is in the room tonight and he's got his, he's already, this is just a, the tip of the iceberg of the mocks that he's gotten made up. We're going to try to segment it out, but Tyler this week has got, a full first round mock-up that we're going to, we're going to dive into. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's uh, at the time of recording this right now, it's draft is 15 days away, which is crazy, crazy to talk about considering the state of the Panthers and where we're going from here. But um, you know, in 15 to 18 days, the whole landscape of the league is going to be completely different. It's going to be flipped on its head. And uh, you know, there's a lot that's going to happen. We don't really know. And so today when we look at this mock draft, uh, I got a mock draft that I made of what I think would happen today. Not what I would do necessarily, but uh, we can talk about that a little bit too. But uh, what I think uh, is going to happen as of today, no trades. Um, I'd be excited to get into it. I'll say, so first off, before we do that, you know, looking at our free agency, just to touch on it, we obviously had, you know, pretty active free agency there in terms of guys we re-signed, guys we signed on, you know, some bigger names, Damian Wilson, Dante Foreman, then, of course, re-signing guys like Marquise Haynes and, you know, and obviously Dante Jackson. Now, there are still some guys that were left there right on the fence that we don't really know what we're doing with, you know, either unsigned, Cam Newton, Gilmore, Paradis, Trent Scott, John Miller, and then some, you know, other guys that are just there. We haven't re-signed them. They're not staying with us, but we don't really know what we're going to do with the Shanties. Do you think any decisions get made on – if we, we can stick with the main guys, you know, Paradis, Gilmore, Newton. Do you think any decisions get made in this next two weeks? What do you think the, the mindset is there? I got I got to think that quarterback is, still, it is obviously still the main attraction as far as, like, what they want to do with the rest of that cap space. That seems to be what they've been clearing it up for. Gilmore seems to be out, seems to be out the door. We've, you know, we've heard the Rams, we've heard the Colts as of today that have, that he's been, that he's been in contact with. So I got to imagine that possibly Baker Mayfield possibly getting released could be a real thing for Carolina and looking into that as far as move, moving forward with him at quarterback. We'll give him a guy that has, you know, playoff experience can can be a playoff level quarterback that will probably that they could probably raise the floor of what this team could be with this with, with his level of play. But I gotta imagine honestly, quarterback is the only position left that they haven't attacked so far in free agency. 
going off that real quick we've had some the quarterbacks have been active in the podcast world we got to see what we can do to get them on Darnold obviously spoke on uh the uh, bustling with the boys talking about his stance with the Panthers and how he believes you know he's an asset to an organization and he's shown and proven what he can be so I don't know you know whether what kind of where that mindset comes from you know what he is thinking throughout all of this I imagine it can't be very confident and then even Baker Mayfield I can't remember which podcast he said it on but he mentioned earlier that he was looking for an organization to provide with him some stability. I feel like that's not us in his current situation and the time in his career. So that's the only thing I feel like that would be the holdup. Um, and I'm just going to go also and say this right now because I don't think it's worth giving a whole lot of extra time to. But before we get into the draft, I'm just going to put this out there and y'all can add to it if you'd like to. Um, first off, we know Twitter is ridiculous, especially with the Panthers fan base. Second of all, I'm not making a claim or, a, or or hopping on the argument either way, but don't just look at a 12-second clip that's posted on Twitter. If you want to form opinions about somebody, go to the, to the full video and listen to the full clip. I'm not saying what Cam said was warranted or necessarily needed to be said, but when has Kev- Cam ever said anything that did or didn't need to be said. What has that ever mattered to him? But if you're going to judge him off of whatever he says, go listen to the full thing because Cam is a very polarizing person and he has not always said things the way he entirely means. So I just, I I understand why there are people that are upset with Cam. I'm just putting it out there to say, go listen to the full thing and formulate your own opinion. And then you can have the discussion. You know, context is key, man. It's, it's, it's the, the funniest thing about this information world, information era that we live in where it's all readily available that people will still choose to not delve into the full context of what in which the information was given. Taking a clip, then misquoting them in headlines, is that's not, I, I don't know. I, I, this, I'm disappointed to say the least and a lot of the journalists that are actual journalists that took misquotes and took a, a, a clip that, you know, on Twitter, you know, you can post two minutes and 20 seconds worth of a clip. The clip that was posted was a minute and 20. So therefore you do know there was a, there's a whole extra minute of, of information and context that that's being left out. But again, each to, to each their own. I mean, you, I mean, nobody has to agree or, I mean, you know, you don't have to agree with, with, with what the guy said, but I mean, you know, at least, know the at least know in which when what context in which it was said and that's probably the only that's the only lesson i got for people man. Just, you know be sure we we take it take into account context when we give opinions you know especially as journalists i'll say but that's all i just want to touch on it real quick and i mean obviously like i said not going either one way or the other but it's it's not the best situation when you have to when you say something that requires context probably means that it shouldn't be said in that regard either way. But Cam, like we said, has not been the biggest uh, perpetrator of that, but he Cam's going to be Cam. He's yeah. going to be Cam. He has his ideals, his beliefs. He's not the most normal fellow if you haven't already garnered that. But moving on, just wanted to put that out there as we are, you know, a Panthers podcast and he has had a huge you know, impact on the team and still has impact. He can, I don't think I've ever seen someone who gets talked about so much without even stepping on the field or making any sort of impact, but that's neither here nor there. Moving on to the matter at hand, looking at Tyler and his first pick. If y'all want to go see this as well, it's on the draft I believe you just look up. 
Is it something that people can get to, Tyler? I do not think. I do not think. But we can Man. share it. We can share it and post it out there. Yeah, um, we can share yeah, it and post absolutely. it out so that I don't look stupid while recording this. Regardless, <laughs> you talked about it there for a brief second. You say you don't think any draft or any trades are gonna go on in this in this uh, draft. No, so, for us? So, no, absolutely there will be trades. Uh we can we can expect a handful. But for the sake of it right now and projecting things right for this first mock draft of the year for us, uh let's just let's just go with the base 32 picks, how it stands right now. Talk about each team and see where they're going. But I can guarantee you there'll be a handful of trades in the first round. Absolutely, okay. always. So I'll let you go with this with this first. We'll we'll go with the first pick and then we'll hit the top five. Yeah, we'll talk about it. So yeah, the Jags. Um, you know, first overall, another situation where hey, last year we we draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we we see the tide turning. Of course, you know the whole debacle with the coaching situation. Doug Peterson now takes over. Um, things are looking up, and they have to be because um, if Trevor Lawrence is going to work out, you know, here it is. Here's the time. You got Doug Peterson, and um, you got to make you got to make this rookie contract worth it. So you're sitting here at one. Hopefully, you're not sitting in this spot. Um, again, in the near future, and I have him going in the best player in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson, um, going to be a solid player um, right on the edge, and you're going to set it and forget it and not have to worry about it. Um, you know, I think this is a no question pick, despite having taken, um, you know, Caleb on chase on uh, just two years ago, not that not really working out, get Aiden Hutchinson opposite Josh Allen, and then solidify both edge positions. As we've seen in the NFL this past year, the Raiders double dip in adding Chandler Jones to be next to Max Crosby, having two edge rushers on both sides where they feel pressure from from any side of our formation um it just changes the game so adding Aiden Hutchinson here is a no-brainer for me yeah I mean I've seen it every single conceivable mock draft that I've seen from everybody it seems like the consensus across the entire NFL which is cool because an Ed I mean that hasn't been a thing since you know if I'm thinking correctly since Jadavian Clowney if I'm not mistaken at that number one overall as I'm trying to you know file through maybe maybe Chubb I can't remember how early he was. Oh, of course. Um, But regardless, uh, it's still, you know, there's a reason for it. We made a huge, you know, impact this year for that team. And uh, I think, like you said, going up against, going with Allen, that's going to create that, you know, coming, the the claw coming from both sides. We saw it work with, especially us locally, Reddick and Burns coming at, you know, whatever way we would use them. It was probably the main reason why our sack production was as large as it was this year compared to years past. So you've got those guys on the edge. You might as well, you might as well use them. It's going to wreak some havoc for those teams there in the, uh, especially in a division where you don't have very mobile quarterbacks. Absolutely. You know, build, you know, for Jacksonville, build a team from the inside out, like, 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 like how you're supposed to do, get your edge rushers there. Obviously edge rushers now are as, are as important as ever with quarterbacks making upwards of, you know, Five hundred million dollars now, so you got you. You better have guys that can go get to the quarterback, apply pressure, and that's how you win championships. That's how you win championships consistently. That's how you win games consistently in this league by applying pressure to quarterback. So, exactly, exactly, and and we see that you continue in the top ten as we talked about before the show. The amount of edge rushers and just trench play in general that's going to be taken early on in this draft but throughout the rest of the draft is going to be historic. We don't know the exact number on edge rushers and trench players taken, and especially in the top 10, but we're going to be pushing the record here, whatever it is. So um, next, number two overall to the Detroit Lions, we have them taking Trayvon Walker here. So this is, I think, a pivotal point in the draft. This is where things can go one of two ways. And for, for Panthers fans, all eyes are on this pick. You know, there's no question that we're in the quarterback market and, 
you know, the Lions could go many different ways as they're a team that, you know, they can build this thing however they want to right now. They have a lot of different different avenues, but, uh, you know, Dan Campbell has a long leash that he doesn't need a quarterback now, but if there's a guy that he likes on the board at two, he's going to take him. So uh, Malik Wilson would be the guy to watch here at quarterback, but I don't think they're going to do it right now. So I have them going Trayvon Walker, um, another edge rusher who um, at this point wasn't the – there wasn't a clear cut edge rusher that could go. There was a handful of guys that are going to come off the board after him, but I went Walker here, tough, hard nosed, gritty player who, you know, spent a lot of time working his way up um, the depth charts for Georgia's defense. And this past season, um, you know, really put on a, a show for with that Georgia defensive line. The thing about Walker that you're going to hear is that he didn't have the sack production in college. Well, this, here's a guy that's an athletic freak, you know, 6'5", 270, uh, came into Georgia as a defensive tackle, is going to be a more of a defensive end at the next level. But his sophomore year, he was 280 pounds flying down the field on the kickoff team, just to put that into perspective of how athletic this guy is. Um, you know, ran, you know, tested very well, ran low four fives. Um, it, he just needs to develop that pass rush prowess off the edge. And, you know, they, they have a potential, you know, top – top edge rusher in the league in a couple of years. So I'm going to go the Lions taking Trayvon Walker here at two. I'm going to make a, a blanket statement here for teams two through five. They scare me. Whereas the Jags, you have a bit of an idea as to where their head is at the lions, the Texans, the jets and giants. I have very little idea where they are even thinking of going. They could go one of two ways. Like you said, lions screwed us over last year, you know, getting Lord knows if we would have gotten penny anyway, had he fallen there, but they were right before us. And for me, I feel like it depends upon where their head is at quarterback. You have a team that for the longest time had a very specific model of who they wanted at quarterback. They had a guy that, you know, the pocket passer, game manager could drive the ball downfield. And we didn't really know, I mean, we obviously knew, but you saw his impact on a good team once he left. And then they thought they had this guy coming in that they thought, okay, we can use him. We can make him work. And I don't really think it's obviously working out. So I don't know, are they wanting to go, okay, we have the idea. We just need to get the right guy. Because if so, then I feel like Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral could probably fit that mold. Now, if they're trying to say, okay, maybe this idea doesn't work. Maybe we need to branch out and try something different. I could see them going, okay, this guy's, you know, he's a gamble, but what have we got to lose anyway? Let's take Willis and let's give some spark, you know, to this offense. I could see them going that way too, because I don't think they're satisfied, you know, with him at with golf at quarterback. I, I don't think they truly are. Now I could also see you got so well last year, bolstering up the offensive line. Continue. If you're, you know, we don't, we have a bridge. They have a perennial bridge quarterback. If that's how they see, if that's how they see them. So I could see them going the Cowboys and the Colts kind of route building that offensive line before and waiting, you know, a year or two in the draft to sit, to then go get that quarterback or seeing maybe, you know, if we give Goff some time, he'll do what we want him to do. So I could see them, you know, with the guys that we could have possibly going in the first, in the top 10 uh, at offensive tackle, I could see them going that way too. I just, I don't know what the lions I really, I really don't know. I could see them going that edge route too, but I feel like they have a lot of different areas they can and will try to focus on. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of them. A, giving their head coach the, the leash that they gave them, and B, not jumping into the quarterback market and going crazy and spending money like how we did our first coach's year and not tying yourself up in, any, in anything major. The, the, the first thing they did was, tra was trade away their, 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 their franchise leader, get, th get things in return for them, and then move on with the future. And, then, and now just, you're just in the position now to just draft – 
draft the best player available, continuously build around great young talent, and you can just and you have the freedom to build it higher however you want. You're in no you're in no real rush. So I think I mean the I think the I think the Lions are in that, are for once in an advantageous position in from in their franchise history right now. Yep. So you know, going to three, I'll keep this one real quick. Texans best player on the board. They have um, so many different needs. Take Ike Kwanu here. Hey. Some people don't think he's going to be a tackle. Well, Houston, you have time to try him out there. If it doesn't work, move him to guard, and he'll be starting there for the next decade. So you got a starting offensive lineman for the next decade, whether it's at tackle, which I think he can do. Um, if not, kick him inside the guard. Copy and paste my last statement. Same thing with the Texans. Don't really know where they want to go. They have a guy they they apparently like. But, I mean, if I, I could see them pulling something out of no out of nowhere – and saying he maybe maybe we'll go this quarterback, but I would understand at this point you don't really have anything you're trying. You're not in a rush if you're the Texans. You've got all this going on, you know. You don't want that rebound quarterback, so I could see them easily pulling, you know, getting that off first offensive tackle. It would hurt to see him go to the Texans, but he deserves that that spot. So I could see that being the case. Shantisa, I just want to throw to you: Why do you think that they're that they have such this? You know, they trust their quarterback so much. I I, I don't understand it. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if they. Actually, it's one of those things where I thought this one of those, that was one of those statements that you put out just because you don't really want to give up. You, you don't really want to show your show your true hand. I, I I think they're in the position of man, we'll we'll roll we'll roll with this guy. Everybody's on everybody's on a one year. This is this is all like, all one big experiment. We don't really have there's not a quarterback in this draft that's worthy of us even talking about and really entertaining it and grabbing that high and. If we got to stick with Davis Mills for a year to go get the guy we actually want or put us in position to go get the guy we want, then so be it. It's one of those things where, you know, it's one of those those unspoken things where it's like, you know, it's not we're not tanking per se, but we're we're, we're positioning ourselves for the next guy if need be. And, we're, and we'll, we'll just roll it. We'll, we'll, we'll put the headlines out that need, that need to be out, let the people hear what they want to hear. But in, in the back of our minds, we know what we're actually trying to get to. I say because to, to me it spoke volumes to not even have Baker included in the trade package. To me that says okay we don't need you know a mid level guy who's got some experience. We're going for that young franchise quarterback. It's what scares me about the potential for maybe them making a splash in this. But I I got to think. I mean these drafts you know the, all these mock drafts are pretty you know on par for a reason and they all know something we don't know. So I'm assuming that's we're gonna go with it. It's just that's they're one of the ones that scare me. Moving on yeah. though the Jets not one that scare me as much yeah no not not one that's going to scare you too much um just like you know for the panthers not really going to be competing with us we're talking about all these edge rushers but really right now for the panthers that's not going to be a potential pick um you know very talented players but just not fit in what we need right now and another edge rusher the third one here is going to come off the board in four picks um it's going to be cave on thibodeau um you know cave has been talked about for over a year now as you know a potential first overall pick had all the hype around him coming out of high school early on in his career at Oregon and the talent is absolutely there you know the physical attributes um you know the ability to win in one-on-one situations as a pass rusher is there with Thibodeau now the injuries some of the the distractions from football maybe the questions of love for the game is definitely there um and, but we just don't have any way of judging that or knowing anything about that i mean from where we are right now so you know the talent is there and if if he if 
he really is committed to the game, like like I suspect he will be. Um, he's going to be great. He's going to be a great edge rusher. And can you guys tell me, the, like, the last time the Jets had an impactful player rushing off the edge? Can you think of anybody? Because last year their their leading sack player was Quentin Williams with six sacks on the interior. I got to think. Have- well, like maybe like what, like Muhammad Wilkerson? I was, that was what I was gonna say. Yeah, he was the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, like I, I don't even know how impactful we miss it. Talk about what when it comes out of him. Yeah, I just right. can't. I, his, his numbers don't pop off the don't pop off the top of my head like that. Exactly. So I mean, was Kevin I, Green there for a few years? I feel like he might have been on. the – I can't even remember. Like way back in the day, but that's just edge rushers, bro. I, fam, for I, life of me, I could not tell you. I, I would be hard. I would be hard pressed yeah. to think of one. But now, do you see them going? I mean, young quarterback, same kind of. You know, it was a big issue. Do you see them going with a tackle there? You yeah, know, so if, their tackle situation situation is really interesting. With Becton obviously getting hurt against the Panthers in Week One last year, who his rookie season was, you know, lights out, lock in tackle. But over the past, you know, couple months where he's been injured, there's been rumors that he might not start. Which I'm not taking those for anything, but there does seem to be some concern there as somebody who came out and was outstanding as a rookie. Um, George Fant is on the other side and he, his contract is going to be up in a year. Um, and then also thinking about things they they're picking at 10 overall too. So for them, it's like, how do we balance this thing? But knowing that, Hey, at four, we got to take our best guy. We got to take the best guy on our board because there's no guarantees with that many picks in the top 10 that anybody's making it to us at 10. So um, for them that, you know, Robert Sala coming from the Niners where they went to the Super Bowl with that defense line with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, D Ford, they were loaded on a defensive line. Get back to your roots, build that defensive line and get an edge rusher in New York for once. <laughs> No, I, I could I could easily see that being the case. Like I said, Jets not one that scared me that much. The only th- you know, I mean, if another offensive tackle goes off the board at that point, that just makes our decision all the more easier and, that, and at least easier to stomach for myself if if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just gonna how how it's gonna go. All all the trenches in the top ten, um, it's gonna it's gonna change things. Uh, Shanti's, what do you think about that? Well, you know, you're you, you talking about the trenches. Well, you know, it comes out of me in the trenches, you know, that ain't, you know, that's not really my, you know, I'm more so, I'm more so, I, I'm with the stars. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with all the, you know, all the skill guys and everything. But I mean, look, it, but look, this, it just goes to show you how weak of a quarterback draft that, that this is. Nobody's, nobody's moving the needle for anyone. I mean, nobody, I mean, the sixth pick is too high to take any of these guys personally for me. And everybody in the first five picks make make sense because I don't think anybody nobody's being blown away by these, by any of these guys. So definitely goes to show you, bro. Like it just the talent just isn't there. Like even the guys that we're trying to hype up to be these potential first round guys, they're not moving the needle for even the worst teams in the league right now. I think it's a case of you know who also who fell at what spots. You know you have the Jags and the Jets who both each got quarterbacks last year's draft. You got Lions, Texans, and Giants where like you don't really know where they stand. But I mean, I'm trying to think of recent memory. The last time there was a draft where a quarterback didn't go in the top five at least once. Oh God, I I really wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm not even gonna try to give a ballpark number. I'll be honest. I thought the golf and Wentz year was a reach for both. I always thought that, and what well, at least for golf, maybe not Wentz as much, but at least for golf, I thought that, I thought that may have been a reach. But aside from that, that may be the what's the worst quarterback class we've seen here here as of late? Like, I would not counting twenty thirteen. Like, 
But maybe seven, well, you know, yeah. that, that 17 class with, I guess, Deshaun Watson and Mahomes, that was weird because I don't think, because besides Trubisky, I don't think any, any other quarterback went in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, you're right. That I can think of. Yeah. So that made, so that, so that, that's the similar, that's the, similar, that's the most similar one we got. And honestly, if I'm just basing off the of talent, I think Malik Wilson is better overall than what Trubisky. Then I would have had Trubisky as coming out of college. Besides Trubisky having the measurables, you know, you know, just having the player profile that matches to what you want a franchise quarterback to be. I think like, talent-wise, I think Malik, Malik was pops off more off the screen than Trubisky did, Trubisky did even then. But still, even with wow. that, he's still not good enough to be able to go in that top five. I would agree with that. Well, speaking of rounding out the top five, so Tyler, you got that last pick, the Giants. Are they going to break our hearts? <laughs> yeah, you know, picking at five here, assuming that they pick at seven, I think it's got to be a lock that they go off at the line here because the only thing that they're competing against between five and seven is us. And they know that we're either going to take quarterback or offensive tackle. It's as simple as that. So secure Evan Neal here, uh, the tackle for the future, probably going to play him at right tackle now that Andrew Thomas has really been excelling at left tackle. Stick him on the right side where he has experience playing at Bama and lock it in. You know, uh, he's going to be a solid starter. Now, I don't think he is – um, you know, as good as the guys last year with Sewell and Slater, but I think he's going to be an impactful starter right away. And, um, you know, hey, if, if they're going to go with this thing and really give Daniel Jones another chance, like give him no no excuses, no excuses, give him all, everything he needs. Shanti, so let you run with this one first. Hey, Evan, though, you know, that, that's my personal pick as far as, as far as the offensive line. You know, just having a guy that's that athletic, that uh, that freakage, I mean, that could actually provide us a solid pass blocking left tackle that we haven't had since when. What are we talking about? We're God, we're, I mean, really, Jordan, Jordan Gross. Gross. Last yeah, one. yeah just I don't mean, even. I about to say, I I want to try to find a guy maybe in, in between. But Out of the sixteen we've had since, I think. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, that would. I mean, again, like like, like to, to Tyler's point, he's not as good as the guy that came out last year, but to me, still shows. I think he shows. I want. I want to say the most upside as a pass blocker. I feel like out of, out, of, out of the guys that that, that would go ahead of him. So I mean, he's he's a bust. I'll give him that. And so I like. Like I said, I I won't touch much on it because I think it makes sense there. I don't think they have any chance for any need to go for a quarterback, especially with having seven now. I think the only turnaround could be say Jets go for Neil. I'm. A, I would assume then they would then switch theirs and they would get since I see you getting them at seven, Jermaine Johnson. I'm assuming if if Neil's off the board, they would probably go for Kayvon, and then get that edge rusher they want or maybe cross but if they're worried about us getting offensive tackle i could see them maybe getting cross first and then and then thibodeau but either way if mm-hmm. it's if that's what it is if they don't you know if wills is still there at, at, at six um like i said i like the, i like the way this is set up for us this bodes well for me i think the only issue being is that Pickett is not off the board yet is my only concern <laughs> because and i'll let you get into it more a little bit tyler but for me at this point with the way this is sitting, we're our own worst enemy. And I don't know if I love that or if that makes me more terrified. It's kind of like the situation we had in 2020 where, you know, there was a damned if you do, damned if you don't for either option. You know, it wasn't as because, you know, I mean, if at this point you would still have Charles Cross on the board, I'm not sure if I would be okay with going for him at six. That's a bit of a reach, I think. But I just, at this point, you know, I think there's – It'll be interesting to see, like I said, who is making that final call in the war room. And so, and so, Tyler, I'll let you go with your your with your at this point your thought process. Yeah. Um, so, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago about this, like, 
what are the Panthers actually going to do? Like, what are, where are we, where are we going? And I'm thinking to myself, we're taking a quarterback, lock it in. We're taking a quarterback. I, I, I'm to the point where I've accepted it. I'm ready for it. And we're taking a quarterback at six, you know, I think the second most likely option is a trade back. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, Scott Fitter talking talking in an interview and gave you know a lot of attention to the, the possibility of trading back, and that's something that we know that he likes to do. Last year with um, being the GM for the, his first draft with the Panthers, and then from his Seahawks tree as well, trade back scenario um, is very likely, especially considering that we don't have a second and third round pick. Um, however, if they want a quarterback, this is going to be the time to do it. There's no no trading back, waiting around, trying to get a guy in the second round type deal. This is the opportunity to do it now. And here at six overall in this mock draft, what I think they would do if the board fell this way would take Malik Willis. Now, it's a franchise changing decision right here. And it's really putting rules job on the line and it's putting Fitterer in a susceptible position himself. Um, whenever you put the lock in that quarterback, you know, that's when things change for the organization. And we know that they're not going to go into the season with Darnold and PJ. We know that's not going to be the quarterback room. So going Malik here, um, maybe not what I would do. I would probably, um, you know, I would disagree with you. And I think Charles Cross should be in the mix here. I do think the talent's there. I think he's right up there with the mix of those three guys. And I wouldn't be shocked if some teams had Charles Cross, um, as their OT one in this class, I think you know as a pass blocker, he's the cleanest of, of the group. Um, and I would, I mean, who, the, my thing about while we're talking about Charles Cross is whoever takes him at any point, whether it's at six, whether it's at twenty, whether he falls to the second round, it's going to be a great pick. So if we take Charles Cross, all all disclosure, I'll be thrilled. But um, you know, looking through our roster, we're pretty solid. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're solid at positions where we can go into week one right now and play with what we have, which is a good spot to be in that. We don't have any pressing needs. The one thing is quarterback, though. And for Malik Willis, we know the athleticism's there. That That's huge, right? That changes everything. Um, the arm talent's there. Um, but now it, for him, it's managing the pocket. How do, how do we be more subtle in the pocket to keep things on time, which is going to naturally help his accuracy? Because, you know, he has accuracy issues from time to time. But I do believe that, hey, his decisiveness and re- readiness to pull the trigger all, all comes from him being settled down in the pocket, better with his footwork so he can stay on time uh, mentally and then going through his progression and just being more decisive in himself. And I don't blame him being the athlete that he is, being able to tuck and run whenever he has the chance. You you tend to hold on to the ball, especially at that level, but it's going to take time and work, especially um, he has some mechanical issues, especially in his lower half and his footwork that are going to take time, which is not easy to coach out. But, you know, the talent, the athleticism, and some of the issues that he has with, with his accuracy are not going to be too hard to fix. With keeping him on time and letting him play within the offense early on is going to be crucial. Ideally, he doesn't play right away, and I don't think he would if he came into um, a quarterback room with Darnold. Um, let him adjust to the offense, but he's not going to be a guy that comes out right away and is leading the offense and putting the team on his back. No quarterback in this class is. But, you know, he, he we saw Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is a completely – out there example, he completely retooled and relearned how to throw the football halfway through his career. Like that, that's a pretty rare example. You can't bank on that every time. But Malik has the tools there ready right now and needs some coaching. But you know, the upside is definitely there if you look at it. Um, is it what I would do? This probably not, but I can see 
why and I can see um, where this team is at right now and how it would fit in there. So I'm definitely interested to hear what you guys think about this pick and uh, the quarterback situation in general. Well, first off, why would you not? Why would I not? Yeah. I why, why, what, what, what's your hold up? Well, the, the progress. So I think we're pressed right now um, with that, with the coaching staff and where we're at. Um, we need to figure out this quarterback situation going into the year with Darnold um, is, is not, it's not going to be acceptable, but if we were in a different spot where we could, you know, be like the Lions and be more patient with it, I think that's where we're really at, but I don't think we can act that way, which is why I personally wouldn't do it. It's going to take time, but um, you know, the upside's there. I just, I just think it's a little bit far-fetched. So, um, I mean, we've, I feel like we've said this, you know, a bunch and kind of talked this out because it's like you said, it's a polarizing move. So it deserves to be analyzed every which way. And it's tough. The quarterback draft position is tough because it's, there is so much, there's so much expectations riding on it. And there's so much put on a quarterback at that age to, you know, be like, all right, this is our, because either they are the missing piece to an already put almost put together offense and it's up to them to, you know, move the puzzle along or they need to be the hero to bring us out of the, you know, the depths of wherever we are. And as that was the case, you know, with Cam Newton, when he came in, the differences in the turn times the regimes were changing is that when Cam came in, you know, it was changing the guard for the organization. A lot of the older talent, you know, was on, uh, was a few years out from being out of there. We didn't really have the, the base set with him. You know, it was kind of restarting the whole team. Rivera was coming in, Cam was coming in and we're all right, we got to hit it from the ground running. We would get Greg Olson. We would, we still had Stewart, but you know, he obviously only had a few years left and wasn't in fitting the mold of what we needed. Smitty was out the door. They tried to get him those weapons with Benjamin and, and Funchess and they didn't all work out. And then with T- Teddy and Sam, the weapons were there still issues with them, whether it was health or development, you know, DJ hadn't reached his full potential that he is now McCaffrey was going off and on with health. And so bringing those at that point in time, bringing them in, it was like, okay, we need someone to just move the puzzle along. We've got our weapons. We need this, you know, more weapons than cam ever had. So right now it's the same kind of thing. We've, I mean, we don't know McCaffrey's health is going to be coming out of it, but hoping for good things, you know, the offense is under the right, you know, circumstances is firing on all cylinders the way in in terms of who we have and who we can utilize as long as it's utilized correctly. That's my biggest concern with Willis and whoever we bring in at quarterback is that it's not like when Rivera came in, you know, and it's not even like when rule brought Teddy in, because even that's a bit easier to navigate when you're both coming in at the same time, having a quarterback, having a coach quarterback, GM and owner all coming in at different times cannot be conducive cannot be easy to be conducive and that's what scares me and we've talked about it before we talked about it with marcus mariota with we talked about it with cam newton's early career with Jameis winston rg3 russell wilson i mean the guys like russell wilson and Lamar jackson were able to develop and continually continuously develop success even ryan Tannehill, because of the consistency at head coach and offensive coordinator malik coming in and whoever comes in unless things take a huge upward swing will not have that because McAdoo we know is as, as, as far as I'm concerned is a one year deal and and rules continuation of in this program depends directly upon the success 
and the impact whatever draft pick he brings in has. Fitterer, I think, has some security in, in the moves he's made in free agency. But everywhere else, that's what concerns me. It's a pick that I'd want to make. I just, I'm afraid of it being, of being impatient and, you know, putting those expectations on him at this point when really it's like a cam thing, you know, he's not going to be the saving grace. He will be very exciting and will be a new element to the team. But if we are successful, it cannot rely solely on him. It, look, it, look, you're cooked if you if you've got the quarterback, you're cooked. I mean, at this point, rules already cooked because you're relying on a rookie quarterback to save your job. So you're already done. This is going to get. I mean, that, that's that's pretty much that. So I mean, like, like Tyler said, the only reasonable option is to trade back, get the offensive lineman, and it, and if you like, you said if you where, where you have Charles Cross currently going, trading back would would make the most sense because at least I feel like at least one of those. Pass blocks will possibly will possibly be at whatever point we 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 were we were to trade back to. Clearly, look, the only guy that I think could come in right now that's in this rookie quarterback class and possibly get you to a five hundred level type of team is Kenny Pickett. He seems the most he seems the most ready right now. Just doesn't have the potential as far as the ceiling as as a as a Malik Willis right now. And and not, and not only that. Your best bet is to bring in a veteran quarterback to work with a guy like a Ben McAdoo, because they're not interested. They're not. Out, they're not in the business. And Matt Rule hasn't seen has seen to be in the business of developing a quarterback since he's gotten here. He's for some or real any reason talent for that matter. Exactly. He's so, for some real reason he's wanted to jumpstart this thing as if they had everything in place, knowing good and well that you are still missing key pieces and pivotal pieces that are necessary building blocks for any successful. Any, any successful team. I mean, if you come into a group and you think you're just replacing the quarterback and not fixing the offensive line was going to get you to the playoff, then I have a I have to question a lot of your football acumen because, bro, I mean, there were clearly a lot of red flags with this roster coming in that were never addressed. And now you're kind of you're, you're trying to play catch up now because you somewhat just, I mean, uh, well, like this team has done in the past, you put band-aids on bullet wounds and now you're bleeding out. And at this point now, there really isn't any saving in his career here in Carolina at this point, except, except just a miracle by chance. And that, and that seven spot, luckily housing a team that's under 500. And and that's my, like, I wish this decision could happen three, four years from now so we could see the impact of Justin Field on the ba- Fields on the Bears. Because if that, because we saw it, same, same kind of situation. Obviously, Fields had a huge, uh, uh, much higher ceiling. At least I would think, but if that couldn't save Nagy's job, because they didn't even do half bad this year, they did better than we did. But if that couldn't save Nagy's job, then I don't think Willis performing above 500 would be enough to save rules job. I would, I would imagine. Now it's interesting what you said had rule. Don't get me wrong. Had rule come in in 2016, 2017, probably put produce a winning season or two with the roster we had at that point. You know, there's obviously some still major holes to fill, but here, and, and, and here's my thing with it. I mean, and you talked about it, Shantice, about not wanting to pull the trigger. And I think that, you know, we need to take the follow the lead that Tyler has set with Detroit, Houston, New York, New York. Of They have guys that obviously are not their franchise quarterbacks. They know that. Instead, building up either that defense or that offensive line. Because if I'm looking at it, I mean, Willis or Corral or, or Pickett with Cam Irving, Pat Elfline, Bozeman, Corbett, and Moten – it's still not something I'm super excited about now. Anybody else who comes in with, say, Cross or Neal, 
and then if we do something with Elfine, Dear God, or Bozeman, whatever, and then having Bozeman, Corbett, and Moten, that's a nice looking offensive line to me. You know, that's because Corbett's not, you know, he's still got years on him. He's still got miles on him. Same with Bozeman himself and that ability to do center or guard. So that's my question to you, Tyler. And I'm, I'm knowing the answer, but I still want to just get, get it out of you. Neil and Cross, they get drafted. They're our starting left tackle. Absolutely. Is that the idea that you would? That's what I, that's, that's what I would project right now. I think that we saw at the end of the year, with Brady Christensen, that's the one situation where, all right, he's this tackle guard hybrid. Um, they thought he'd be better at guard, actually played better at tackle, despite the lack of arm length. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I, I do think whoever we, if we take a tackle at six, whether it's any of the three, they're going to come in and start at left tackle and we'll figure it out for Christensen just because of the draft capital and talent overall. Um, but the thing is, you know, don't let a good player stop you from taking a great player. Don't let Brady Christensen stop you from taking uh, one of these top tackles um, and securing that left tackle position. So that's where I'm at with the tackle position. We can always add offensive line depth. We're very thin right now. I think we can feel the respectable starting five right now. But, um, you know, that as we know, the injuries on the offensive line, you got to have depth ready. you got to have guys that can play multiple positions. Yeah, that's where there's nothing wrong with, you know, getting some depth, except for if you use it to then mix and match and point and plug and play around the line. I hated when we did that, and I hated doing that, and I understand why we got Bozeman so that, you know, you still have that ability, but you shouldn't be moving starters to other positions. Like, you don't do that in any other position group, I feel like. You're not putting your defensive – I mean, we did it at some points, but you're not putting Brown out on the edge just because, you know, Burns is injured. Now, I will say for – the argument's sake for Willis, and we've talked about it, and it makes sense. And it depends upon you know what they do. And I don't if they do it before the draft, I would be a lot more confident on it. If they take this pick and then do it afterwards, it would give me some more reassurance. But I just I don't see really any likelihood of getting rid of Darnold this year. I, I don't see that as a possibility. I wouldn't like so, but then I also don't see, and even if we get rid of Walker, then you still have if if we were to do this, you would have three quarterbacks in that room. Because if I were to get Willis. To me, if I'm Tepper and Rule and I'm actually competent, or if I'm Fitterer, who's actually competent, if you get Willis, I think it is absolutely ridiculous to not contact Cam and say, look it, this is what we want to do. We understand. And it would have to come, part of it would have to come from Cam to take, you know, to swallow his pride and say, I will do this. But if we want Willis to be the future and we've seen the relationship that him and Cam have had, I would want Cam to be there trying to coach this, you know, trying to give him that, you know, mindset going in into, you know, trying to transition him into that point. Do I think he would do that 10, five years ago? No. Now, maybe more so, but I know Cam has still that, you know, the spirit of the dog in him and wants to go to a place where he can take a team to the playoffs, whether actually he can do that or not is left to be, you know, said, but that would make me feel a lot better about getting Willis. If we were to sign Cam. Now, if we say resign Cam, how do you think that affects pick six? No, I don't think, I think, um, I still don't think that there's a chance that we re-sign Cam before the draft. Um, I don't think he's going to get signed before the draft by anybody. I think we're kind of to the point, the dead point in the free agency uh, period now where teams are kind of waiting things out, maybe signing a couple guys here and there, but really waiting things out. Um, I mean, we'll see, but um, I think the league is going to use Cam as uh um, a guy to bring in if they don't get their guy in the draft. So um, that's where I'm with it right now. And then 
if you are thinking of a trade, if you've been milling that around, trading back, you know, maybe if Cross has spot, you know, but where where do you see us? What what do you what scenario do you see being most likely? So where the trade stuff gets interesting is well, like last week the Saints made that trade to add another first round pick uh, from the Eagles this year, where it's like, all right, it's April, it's early April, and you made a trade to get another first round pick in the middle of the draft where you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't, you have no idea what's going to happen before you there. You have no idea who it's for. Um, where last year we saw the Niners trade up to three um, pretty early on. It was not even April yet, and they made that trade. But they knew one of the top three quarterbacks that they wanted was going to be there, and they probably knew that Trey Lance was going to be there. Where as for the Saints, they, they don't really know who's going to be here at all. Now, adding that extra first-round pick, I suspect that they might be trying to package a deal to trade up in front of us. Because as we know, they're in a quarterback spot too, where they can get a guy for, um, you know, they need a guy for the future potentially in their eyes. Um, and they know that we're likely the first team on the board, maybe the Lions, but likely us are the first team on the board that's going to take a quarterback in the division. Um, not to mention the Falcons picking at eight, who do still have a chance to take a quarterback. Um, they, if they like a guy, they're going to try to come up and get in front of us. So, if they do that, well, that changes things completely for us because, hey, do we like Pickett? Do we do we like Willis? Do we like both? Are we are we fine with taking the other if if one goes before us? That's the thing. So in that situation, I could see a potential trade back if we get jumped by the Saints, which you know, no matter how you feel about this quarterback class and how you feel about them going to the Panthers, you don't want to see the Saints jump us to take anybody um, that we're going to be playing against. So that would just be a bad feeling. And, and you know, ideally what doesn't happen is that we start bidding against ourselves, trying to jump up, thinking they're going to come up and, and, and wait like the Bears did when they when they traded up for Trubisky against themselves. So, um, you know, a trade back to another team like – I'm uh, just looking at it that could come up, uh, you know, the Saints, we're not going to make a trade with the Saints, but um, you, you never know which team is going to come up. The Steelers are another team. They have Trubisky, but I wouldn't rule them out of any quarterback talks right now. They could package up deals and they're, they've never been afraid to go up and get their guy. So, you know, trading back even into the twenties could be um, a scenario for us. But right now I think I feel, feel like we're sitting at six and taking a quarterback. I don't know to think about it either way. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, you know, I'm always for that guy yeah. to be, you know, to want to get someone to the trenches and I wouldn't mind cross. I, w I just, it's again, and, and I said it, it's the same thing I said for the jets, the giants, the Texans, the lions. It depends on where our head's at. And I don't know where our head is at because with the situation of our division, I, with the way our team is now, I think we would I, I, not resigning Gilmore still concerns me. And with the variability of McCaffrey's health, and, you know, having all these new pieces in, I don't think this is going to be the year <clears throat> because we're not doing the Rams or the Bucks, you know, where we're getting solidified veterans. We're getting still just guys with potential, maybe underdogs, guys that might have been overlooked. So I don't think it's a thing where we're going to pop off this year and get to the playoffs. So then it's like, but I also don't think any of these picks we're making right now would also facilitate that. You know, I don't think any of these are urgency picks that would do so. So I don't know then if you go for the – you build that offensive line because, you know, it's a good group of guys this year that you can build it, up, build it upon. Or if you even get, you know, I mean, we have the problem. The biggest problem with this draft too is just the lack of picks. Is yeah. the is just the ridiculous amount of picks that we have compared to years past. It's just like 
unfortunately for this class, they're going. It's going to be a lot more apparent whether or not this draft class is good or bad because there's literally going to only be three of them. So you can go if if one of them is bad already, boom, you're at a sixty six percent. And so I don't know what you do in that regard. Well, I will say this though: even if the Saints were to, to package it, pack something up to go get a quarterback, I'm not gonna lie. None of these quarterbacks to me survive outside of situation like a New Orleans type of deal. Whereas there is there is a running back already established. There is a number one receiver already established. There is a there is a defense that's already established. I I, I, I personally I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think any of these guys scare me to the point where I'd be afraid of going up against them for the next ten years either. I mean, I mean, Willis obviously has the most potential, but I mean, even even there, it's still gonna take a lot of work for whatever coaching staff gets them to be able to, to be able to to be able to pull all of that out of them. And if we're talking about Willis having to make Josh Allen like jumps, which again, like like Tyler said, this that isn't the norm in this league, and most 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 times that usually tends to fail. I think if you Carolina, you got you got you got whatever your strategy is, you better stick to it. Don't worry as much about what's going on outside of you because I'm be honest with you, you're not you don't handle enough stuff in house well enough to worry about what the outside what's going on outside right now. You need to figure figure out what your plan is to stick with it. No, yeah, I agree with that. Well, it is a full first round mock up. So as we're rolling along here, I'm gonna let Tyler go yeah, through. Yeah, well, if you want to just list off, you know, go going fives and yeah. and then you know call on any guys that you you have you find interest with or anything that you think is. You know, right, yeah, you know, it's only right that we gave the, the Panthers the, the due respect there with that pick. But, you know, following the Panthers at pick seven, we have the Giants taking Jermaine Johnson, an edge from Florida State. Eight, Falcons taking Garrett Wilson. Nine, Seahawks are taking our guy, Charles Cross. Ten, Jets taking Sauce Gardner. So, you know, there's Cross off the board in the top ten there to the Seahawks who um, are in a spot where, hey, draft the best player well, let's finally get you know build this offensive line as we're blowing things up here um so you know there's our guy uh, where i think wherever he goes it's going to be a good pick and the organization's going to be feeling good about it um from there you know 11 uh the, the washington ron rivera going Derek stingley jr here um we all know about him you know blew up the college football world as a freshman talents there no doubt about that it's just answering the questions of hey what happened these last two years um 12 vikings going jordan davis texans at 13 going kyle hamilton 14 ravens going trent mcduffie and 15 the eagles going drake london and we'll talk about pick 16 here is the saints going with kenny pickett so I want to hear what you guys would think about that. The Saints sitting at 16, letting Kenny Pickett follow them there and making the move. It'll be the same thing as the Patriots, the guy that probably, you know, has NFL readiness but shouldn't light the world on fire. But because he's coming into that organization with that, you know, now now I'll, I'll keep this in mind. Without Sean Payton there, it's a bit different of a situation. If Sean Payton's the one who's, you know, trying to keep him on because that's a bit different. If So Sean Payton's the one, that's different. That's like, you know, that would be like Belichick and Mac Jones. So I don't even remember who, who has, have they even named the job yet? Was it Dennis Allen? Is he the coach now? Is that who it was? Yeah. I can't remember. I can't. So, you know, we don't, you know, with it being a new head coach and it being, you know, a new head coach, it's kind of like Cameron Rivera, you know, it's the same kind of, a little bit, same kind of deal. So being a new head coach and having a new quarterback, I think would benefit them. I think that's kind of what they want. I don't think they're going to give any sort of weight to, cause they had, cause what, then they, they re-signed Jameis. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they still obviously with the way that they were going after Deshaun Watson kind of played their hand there to say, you know, he's not our guy. If we can find someone better, we will get someone better. Right. I don't think it's unnecessary. Or I don't think it's unheard of to get Pickett. 
it depends upon again where your head yeah. your head's at. You know, is do you not try? I mean, Winston had his stint there at the beginning, then the injury, you know, kind of curtailed him, and so we don't know what he's going to be looking like when he comes back. Um, I could see them. I could see them doing it. You know, trying to get that next. You know, trying to be get that glimmer of hope. You know, you go from Bree like the luck to or you know Manning to luck or or you know Brady to Jones. Like you think, okay, it's obviously not going to be what it was, but maybe we can get someone who's going to at least you know kind of continue the dynasty that our quarterbacks have built. So I can see it happening. It just depends on what moves they're trying to make. Yeah, Kenny Pickett makes a lot makes a lot of sense there. Kind of I, again, they I've never seen. I, I couldn't see them with the Willis's because they have. I've never seen them truly. Well, I haven't seen them properly put in place a mobile quarterback and, and, and run that offense with, with with those weapons that they have. Kenny Pickett going there. I mean, I, look, he just doesn't. He doesn't light the world on fire for me. But I think for them would be fine. Uh, so other than that, that's that's all I really got to say. Yeah, and then from there we got. Um... The Chargers on the board taking Trevor Penning, Eagles with their their second pick, Devontae Wyatt, and then the Saints going Jamison Williams to pair a deep throw with Kenny Pickett. Uh, as we know, they need a lot of weapons. Uh, Steelers going Zion Johnson, Patriots at 21 going Andrew Booth Jr., a Clemson guy, right around where your guy's neck of the woods. Um, and then 22, Traylon Burks to the Packers, 23, George Karlaftis to the Cardinals, 24, Cowboys going Daxton Hill, and at 25, the Bills going Kair Elam. So for me here, seeing that the Packers, knowing that they have two picks here at the end of the first round, as hey, at the end of end of this offseason during free agency, we saw a ton of movement with the trades and um, first round picks being swapped like crazy. But looking at that receiver depth chart for for the Packers right there, really thin. Adding Traylon Burks changes the game completely for them. So. So I mean, I, I guess I guess the thing is, what is it? I don't know exactly what Traylon Burks does. Like, what what's his specialty as, as a receiver? You know, you got you got guys that are burners. You got guys that are possession receivers. You have guys that are jump ball specialists, like a Mike Williams. What is it exactly that that, that they will be getting in Traylon Burks if they were to take him? Yeah, you know, Traylon going to be a great right after the catch receiver. I think he can be, play outside, inside, um, which is why I think he's the best receiver in the draft. Um, for me, he's somebody that can, you know, change the game. Didn't test well, which is going to be his main concern as somebody that's, um, you know, has a lot of variance of where he could go um, in the draft. But I think his toughness after the catch uh, changes things and to, you know, get add that into the offense where they don't really have that right now um, is going to be crucial. Now, I don't think he's going to be a number one per se. And you can't replace Devontae Adams with one first round pick. But um, adding Burks here will be crucial to the, their development. And then from there, after after the Bills at 25, we got the Titans at 26 for Jeff. We got Tyler Smith from Tulsa, 27, Bucks taking Kenyon Green, 28, the Packers going Boye Mafe, and then the Chiefs back-to-back going Jahan Dotson and Roger McCreary. And then to round things out, the Bengals go Tyler Linderbaum, and the Lions go Devin Lloyd. So is there anything of those last couple picks that stand out to you guys? Well, for me, just off the bat and just throughout the rest of this, especially with the way this is, I mean, I think the one thing that's honestly going to hurt the Panthers the most is in a draft where we have so little picks. You've got, what, five teams with two first-round picks? I can't remember the last time I've seen it and already established. Now, of course, they can shop some of those off, move up and down, back into the second round. But, like, that's going to – I feel like – I mean, for and some of these teams, you know, obviously, like the Chiefs trying to figure out, you know, 
how to continue what they're doing. The Packers trying to figure out what they're doing. Then you got the Saints and 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 the Giants and uh, I think the there was one more I can't remember. Um, regardless, you know those teams that are trying to move on and develop when you should be in that same mix to only have so few draft picks. You know that's gonna I think kind of be the 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 Achilles heel of the development of this team is just kind of you know obviously we talk about the draft picks are not you know solidified. We had that argument all the time with Deshaun Watson, but like it is a quick way to try to, you know, move your, the progression of your team along. And when you only have three, I think three or four of them is going to cause, you know, some significant delays in, in, in that process. My biggest thing would, uh, was uh, guys like John Mechie and Chris Olave falling out of the first round. Those are guys that I, you know, for me personally, watching them the last couple of years, I thought those would be guys that would be not guaranteed first round picks, but guys, but guys that, that at least in that late first would be taken for a team like, like the Chiefs. And what, 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 what for those two guys, is there not a place where you could, you could possibly see them going late, late in the first round? Uh, so for Olave and um, and Mechie, so I, I, I see Mechie more as a day two guy, um, just because um, some of the you know not not going to be overly dynamic, but he's he's tough, good good over the middle, good blocker, good after the catch. So I think he'll he'll find his way um, not too far into day two, and then with Olave. One of these receivers at the top here is going to get the, the short end of the stick when it comes to going in the first round. Um, and in this this one, I, it was Olave. So um, I, I see Dotson as a guy that's ahead of Olave at this point. But I could very well see that pick at 29 being swapped with Olave, knowing that, hey, they want to add speed and, and, and that deep threat ability to the offense. So um, I think he's very well in play. But – the acrobat style of play, the, the speed, um, will definitely, you know, have him value not too far. Um, you know, it should be a top 40 pick for Olave. Um, but, you know, def- I definitely think he has a good shot to go in the first round. It's just one of these receivers is going to get the short end of the stick with um, being in the back half of the first round. Fantastic. Well, guys, we're going to keep rolling on this as we go through, you know, as the weeks close in, we're going to have, we're going to look for a full seven round mock-up that we're going to highlight the Panthers picks, of course, but we're going to try to bring that to you coming up here in the next few weeks. And, and we're going to, you know, hopefully the draft with his, even with the way it's going to go, hopefully it will still be just as exciting as they have been in the past and will hopefully lead to more excitement in the regular season as some of them may or may not have. But unfortunately until then we got to keep waiting and keep pounding.